Hey, magic makers, I am in love. I just found Shore Lee Wines, and oh my God, I'm floored how absolutely delicious they are. So far, I've tasted the Sauvignon Blanc, I have tasted the rose, I've also tasted the bubbly rose, and they are absolutely delicious. I was interested in trying non alcoholic wines because there are just some days that, like, you just don't really want a drink, but you want the taste of wine without all of the extra calories or extra alcohol. And this is what Shirley does it tastes absolutely delicious. It is just what you need for a nice afternoon on the deck watching the sun set. If you've been trying wondering, are non-alcoholic wines, are they delicious? Do they are they worth my time? Surely is. It tastes just like the wine. And no, it's not fancy grape juice. They have found a way, I believe in magic, so they have found a way to remove the alcohol from actual wine. So you still get the wine taste, but without all of the alcohol. And so if this is something that you want to try, do me a favor, if you head over to the link in my bio, you can grab yourself 15% off your first purchase. Trust me, it is so good. I don't bring up products that I don't personally use. I am in their wine club and I've so far bought a case of this stuff and everyone that I've told about it, including you, are gonna fall in love. So do me a favor, have a taste and then let me know what you think. And you get to save 15% by using the link in my bio. Welcome to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you are ready to find your inner magic, develop great habits and a rock steady mindset to feel confident, comfortable, and fit in your body, you are in the right place. I am Kim Barnes-Jefferson, and I'll be giving you weekly doses of health, fitness, and life tips sprinkled with humor and real talk. If you're ready to be consistent without the stress of perfection, magic makers, it's time to slip into your favorite pair of PJs, grab some coffee, kick back, and listen to today's show. Hey, Magic Makers. Today, I had the opportunity to interview Miss Solana Lewis, and I absolutely love this episode. She is a powerlifting coach, and you know she's been powerlifting for a number of years, and in this interview, you're going to hear her enthusiasm for the sport and hear the enthusiasm and the mindset shifts that she works with her clients because many of us are chasing smaller, right? We're chasing, how do we get smaller? How do we get leaner? How do we get tighter? Where on the powerlifting end of the spectrum, you are chasing strength, right? You're saying, how could I get strong as possible to do my one one rep max. You know, so that's a very different mindset shift. And she does that fabulously with her clients. And so I really love the conversation that we had. We talked about like, what the heck is powerlifting, right? I was naive, didn't know anything about it. And I'm just going to give a little hint. It ain't Olympic lifting. There's a difference. So have a listen to this because I really think many of you, you know, a lot of times I ask my clients, I'm like, Hey, what's your goals? And some people were like, I I don't know. I don't know. Or many of the people who listen to me are like me, ex-figure fitness competitors. And you always like that competitive athletic outlet. And powerlifting might be something for you. And, you know, I talked to her about 
How much time does it take? You know, we're spending hours and hours in the gym. You know, what what does it take to become a power lifter? And can you do it at any age? And surprise, you can. So I've talked enough. Ladies, have a listen to the show. Definitely give us a shout. Let me know what you think about powerlifting. Did it intrigue you? I know I've always been intrigued by powerlifting. And I'm like, I'm starting to think about, huh, maybe this might be something for me to go down this route. All right, ladies, enjoy the show with Miss Solana Lewis. Hey, Magic Makers, it's this week's iTunes review. Amy W. Fitness says, Kim knows her stuff, keeps it real on all levels, five stars. Awesome podcast series on relatable topics that women deal with. Kim's advice, along with her sense of humor, is what everyone needs to find their fit girl magic. Well, thank you so much, Amy W. Fitness. That warms my heart. If you haven't yet left your review, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and hit rate. And then hopefully it's a five-star hint and leave me a review. Thanks. Uh, Magic Makers, I'm taking a little bit of a detour today, but it's an awesome detour. So we are talking today with Miss Solana Lewis. I met her uh, maybe two years ago. I think it was during COVID. I met her and she just, one, has a great vibe. Two, she is a power lifter. And it was really interesting meeting her because we come at fitness from such a different end of the spectrum. You know, for most of my career, I... uh, worked with women who wanted to shrink their bodies to be, you know, as a way to change their body composition, to see how low, how lean they could get in the body composition. She's on the opposite end of the spectrum. She is working with women to say, how can I get strong as fuck? That is their ultimate goal. Like how heavy can I lift stuff? And that is what we're going to talk about today. And it's just going to be such a great conversation. I'm so excited to have her here because many of you, you know, are, have followed me out of the competition world, but many of you are just like, I just want to be strong. How do I get strong? And here is the lady can help us talk all about that. Welcome to the show, Solana. Hey, y'all. First of all, Kim, thank you so much for having me on. I also love vibing with you. I'm like, it's going to be a cool talk because we started out in the same place. I started with the clientele that you just described. And so the transition has been pretty incredible. And the fact that pretty much 95% of my clientele now is female powerlifters has been a dream come true. And it's so different from where I started. So <laughs> I'm pretty stoked. Yeah. So let's just do a, a- back end like I know you, you went to school you were like I want to be a personal trainer and like all of us you know you go through personal training training mm-hmm. and you think it's <laughs> you think it's one thing you show up at the gym and it is like you're like dude this was not in the manual I know 100% <laughs> so did you like did you start out going for just general population? Like, how did you come into the powerlifting world? How did I come into the powerlifting world? So I'm going to try to make a long story a little shorter. I don't like to ramble too much about my intro. But basically, um, I always knew I wanted to do something that was exercise because throughout school my entire life, I was an athlete and all I liked was exercising. Like, I only liked PE class, period. Like, that was it. Like, (laughs) everything else stuck to me. So I get to college and I see a major with the word exercise in it and that's why I picked it. Like, I... (laughs) That was it. I didn't even know what exercise science got you. I didn't even understand what it would become. I didn't even know you could become a personal trainer with it, which you don't even need a degree in to be. But I was like, I like that word, so we're going to do it. 
Um, but when I was a so- mm, junior in college, I started working with group training. So I did like, you know, group training. It's like 25 people come in and we bounce around. You bounce yeah. around and I discovered I hated it. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is not fun. Like, I'm sorry, but these people aren't really getting stronger. They look the same after a year. Like they just bounce around with five pound weights. I got mm. kind of discouraged from telling people to lift heavier um, but from the person in charge of the gym. So moving on, I graduated college. And at this point, I'm already in powerlifting. I started powerlifting at 19. At 19, I'm a junior in college as well. So my friend got me into it. He saw my lifting and said, hey, you should be a powerlifter. I was like, what's a powerlifter? <laughs> he took me to his meet to watch him compete. And I saw girls doing it. And I just thought it was cool. I was like, yeah, right. girls who look like, you know, I had that same idea. I didn't want to get bulky. I had that idea early. I was like, none of these girls look like men, which I thought she'd be a man if you powerlift. They're like, right, they exactly. And they look awesome. So I thought, let me give it a shot. So I gave it a shot and never looked back. So at this point, I'm in powerlifting, graduate and become a personal trainer at Equinox. I worked there for like three years, from 20 years old to like, I guess, 23. Yeah. Yeah, I guess 23. And that's when I worked with the exact clientele you described. Everyone wants to shrink. Mm. Everyone wants to shrink, 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 shrink. Especially when I changed from Equinox to a different gym, where like the town theme was how skinny can you be? Like people would like parade their eating disorders around me. Like they would literally come in and be like, aren't you proud of me? I had sticky gum all day yesterday. I'm like, oh my gosh, why would you say that to me? Like what's happening? You're (laughs) like, I'm starving just hearing that. (laughs) Yeah, girl. So (laughs) um, I transitioned from that during COVID to all powerlifters, basically. Like I was, I'm an online coach. I only do online, by the way. So it's all online powerlifting coaching. And as a powerlifting person myself, I just was like, you know what? I want to kind of transition because I love getting stronger. Yes. And so I started just advertising myself online as just a powerlifter and just a powerlifting coach. And they started kind of slowly trickling over to me. And I fell in love with helping women get stronger. As you get stronger, you realize that you eat to fill yourself. Yes. So it's crazy because a lot of people come with that same idea of like, I want to shrink or like, okay, fine. I want to put on some muscle, but I still don't want to like overeat. Right, and right. all of a sudden it turns into, I want to eat to get stronger. And so now food is feel, full is good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, it yeah. really is a big mindset shift. Every single client I've ever had who comes to me, well, most of them, they still have this idea of, but I'm still scared to overeat, but I still want to get stronger. Right, right. And it kind of naturally just turns into, I want to eat more without me telling them to even eat more. Right. (laughs) Well, because I think, you know, what happens is as I'm getting stronger and I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not throwing around five pound weights. My body is getting hungrier that I'm Mm -hmm. I'm starting to feel hungrier, you know, because it's like, I know on days that I lift, I'm hungrier on days that I don't lift. I'm not. So, you know, part of the strength, the strength portion is that you start to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, initially when a coach says, Solana, listen to your body. You're like, what the, listen to my, like, what are you talking about? Yes. And because for so many of us, we have just been Questioning down that hunger. Like the hunger is like, I can tough through this. Like I, uh, my willpower can get me through my hunger. hundred percent. But if your goal is to get stronger and you go to the gym and you try to put like, you know, 200 pounds up and you can't, you're like, oh, maybe I do need that food in order mm-hmm. to put the 200 pounds up. 
Exactly. And just like you said, like you literally get hungrier the more you lift. And you said you're not as hungry on days you don't lift. Girl, at this point, I'm hungry. I'm All hungry every day. <laughs> well, well, it, so, okay, let's take a big step back. There's so many like, directions we could go. So big step back. So let's just explain to everyone who has no idea what powerlifting is. Because I know before I knew what powerlifting was, the only thing I saw were like the big Russian guys on the Olympics. That's all I saw. Mm-hmm. So what, if I were to say, Hey, I want to do powerlifting. What does a powerlifter, what does powerlifting include? Okay. Great question. Powerlifting is only the barbell back squat, the barbell bench press and the barbell deadlift either performed as sumo variation with the wider legs, hands inside the legs or conventional hands inside Yes, sorry, hands outside the legs. I'm about to mess it up, right? That's it. If you think Olympics, there is no Olympic, powerlifting is not an Olympic sport. So anyone who's thinking, oh, powerlifting, that's not in the Olympics, you're thinking weightlifting. And I get it. The Ah. words are so similar, right? The words are so similar. But no, we're not an Olympic sport. You've never seen us in the Olympics. Mm-hmm, girl, for just the squat bench and deadlift, the whole point of powerlifting is to lift the most amount of weight you possibly can for one rep. So this is how meat works. I'll make it real short. Don't worry. So you get to squat three times, bench three times, and deadlift three times. So and you get to max a total, mm-hmm, a total of nine attempts. And the goal is to build into that third attempt and make it the heaviest attempt you can possibly put up so that at the end, they add together your heaviest attempt of each lift. So your heaviest squat bench and deadlift, and that's your total. The right, person so, with the highest total wins, and everyone has a weight class, so the highest total in each weight class wins. Gotcha. So if I, like, say, just make it simple, like, if my attempt was, like, highest across the board was 200, mm-hmm. I get 600 points. Yes. Boom. Right there. Okay. Now, so I, so my goal is to build into it. So, so as I'm training for this, I'm working towards... Am I training my full body? Am I, or am I always just doing bench dead squat? Excellent question. So it's both, right? So at any time of the year, whether my client is five weeks away from competing, so really close, we call that in season or in prep, right. or your next meet is six months away. We technically call it, you know, essentially off season. Like we're right. not literally preparing for a meet that's around the corner, you're still should be always squatting, benching, and deadlifting. However, what really changes is how much volume you do and how much more other stuff you can do. So for example, most of my clients now, we, we, a lot of us just competed because we had a lot of big meets in the month of June. So now a lot of my clients are squatting, benching and deadlifting less, right? but still every week. And instead of doing maybe barbell back squat three times in a week, we'll do it once or twice a week. And then we'll just really hammer in like a hack squat or a pendulum squat because these lifts are stressful on the body, like a low bar back squat. It's stressful. It's a lot of technique. It's a lot of we're pushing really heavy. And also anything that's free weight is essentially tougher because I had to teach people how to use their entire body to lift as much weight as possible. Yeah, yeah. Like I focus on every muscle. I'm like, yo, your feet, your foot position needs to be different so you can lift more. Your wrist needs to be a certain position. You need to squeeze the bar more on your squat. Like I focus in on every little minute detail. So now I get to take a step back and do stuff that's essentially easier, less yeah. thinking, more volume, get you stronger, push heavier so that we can go into the next meet. And then we got to do a lot more squat bench and deadlift and you're going to be real tired. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you, you hit on something that I think many people, I don't care what your goal is, they lose sight of. And this is how Solana and I met. We met, um, we both were taking a course more about teaching women just the, the subtle nuances of getting into form, 
you know, because so many of us for years have just been going to the gym and just kind of, because we're strong, strength, stronging our way through a squat. And when, Mm -hmm. you know, as Solana like talked about it, it's like, well, if I change the position of these little things, I could get deeper. If I change the position of these little things, I could lift heavier where many of us are feeling stuck and we don't understand that it's something as simple as a breath work. It's something as simple as like if I towed out versus keeping my feet straight. And so Mm -hmm. I, you know, for many of you, like, oh, I'm not going to powerlift. So why do you know that? Like, even if you are just trying to be like just as strong as you could possibly be, or just a regular person going to a body pump class, having good form is essential because, you know, one of the things I really like about Salon is that she, as she trains you, she wants you to be healthy because how many people, especially in powerlifting are like jacked up for maybe years because mm-hmm. of incorrect form? A lot of people, girl, a lot. And the, the funny thing is, whenever I get a new client, they're so excited because like, I'm going to get stronger. I'm like, well, yeah, that's literally my job. If we don't get stronger, I failed you, right? Like, right, exactly. Bad. But we spend the first month, like, just focusing on technique. I'm like, I don't even care about wasting the bar. Like, forget about your Walmart max. We might cut it in half or lower for everything we touch. Right. Because we're just focusing on technique. And then all of a sudden, when the technique is finally on point, and there is technique you have to have for this sport. Like, there's literally rules. If you don't hit the technique, you're going to get red lights. You will bomb out the meat. That means, like, the numbers don't count. It's like you went there for no reason, right? Right, So exactly. we hone on that technique because then once we do that, we can actually get you stronger from a base of, like, a really strong, like, solid technique form. And all of a sudden, you'll be surprised you can add more weight because your technique was better. Not because I got you even stronger yet, but because your technique's better so you can more efficiently move that weight. Yeah, and it's funny because it's like, you know, I always say like for a lot of my clients, I talk about the unsexy, right? It is Mm -hmm. unsexy for you to give me, you know, um, foundational movements. Like it's it's unsexy for you to be like, today you're going to do bird dogs with no weight at all. Today, you're going to do like band work to, you know, you're going to do all these things that, you know, like you're looking like down the line, you know, that if I'm able to like get my pelvis in the right position, mm-hmm. everything else is going to be so much easier for me. And mm-hmm. it's so hard as like, you know, for many of us, we're doers, right? We want to come in and do, I want to come in and lift heavy shit. And you're mm-hmm. telling me I'm just using bands. Mm-hmm. The hell? Like a hundred percent. So for a powerlifter, I say powerlifting is the most unsexy sport in the world. Like it tops every sport. You know why? Because literally we do three movements right forever. <laughs> That's it. Like weightlifting, even which is Olympic lifting, which is when the weight right. goes over your head, which is probably right. what y'all thought powerlifting was before I told you, right? Like that's even more fun <laughs> because it's okay. That's more fun because you get to do a lot of our stuff to work on that overhead work. Like you get more variations in weightlifting because right. I've seen it. I have uh, weightlifting friends, but when it comes to powerlifting, like essentially most people have done a barbell back squat and barbell bench press and barbell right. at some point and you do it forever. It's like, right. we're just honing, honing, honing on technique on the same thing over and over again. And powerlifters are all overthinkers because oh, there's God, yes. so much information out about the barbell uh, squat bench and deadlift that most people come to me, not because of a lack of knowledge, but they have too much information and they need to discard half of it. Yes. <laughs> so I got to tell them what to focus on. Yeah. We know what to focus on for your body. Everything changes. What's funny because it's like I, I think you know teaching women who do compositions. First of all, the internet love it and hate it at the same time because I can Google the shit out of anything. 
And, you know, one person's telling me I got to do A, B, and C. The other person's like, A, B, and C sucks. And the other person's mm-hmm. like, no, well, C is the most important. Like, you got to mm-hmm. really, if you're not doing C, then you're never going to qualify for anything. And it's just, you know, as a person, if you're just like, who do I trust? Who do I believe? And, you know, I, for, you know, someone like yourself, you're like, it's challenging because you're like, yeah, they all have merit. However, you're here. Like, you're starting at like, ground zero and we're trying to build you up mm-hmm. exactly but once you the crazy thing like once you're technique some point like the buildup starts really fast like right. it's crazy like everyone who gets their technique on point will see this super compensation effect of like oh my gosh i'm lifting way heavier now we're focusing on the weight because right. you never knew that your technique was stopping you from lifting more right and because it, it's like you know you've experienced this, you go to the gym and there are not a lot of women like, you know, throwing the, the heavy weights on the rack and you're just, and you're, so you, you don't have anyone else there as like a guide, like no mm-hmm. one else. It's like, you're not looking at someone squat heavy and you're like, oh yeah, like, look at how she's doing that. Like, there's no one else that you're just like, oh, that's interesting. Or like, you see like the uh, like fucking meatheads and they're like, you know, their squat, like barely gets them on a toilet. And you're just like, <laughs> and you're like, dude, that's all you got. Oh my gosh. I know. And so you're right, Kim. Like me go to a commercial gym. Cause most people listening here probably go to a commercial gym. You do, you still don't see a ton of women like taking the barbells out. You definitely see more women around yeah, the you do. Right now, which I freaking love, but you don't, you don't know even that product exists because you don't like see girls doing a heavy barbell squat, heavy bench press, heavy deadlift. But what's crazy, Kim, is that my average powerlifter is a master's woman above the age of 40. Yeah. Well, because it's like, you know, I know me, like I've aged out of the things that I don't want to do, like weightlifting. Like, you know, I got a hinky shoulder. Do Mm -hmm. I really want to be throwing shit over my head? You can't. Right. I can't. Right. But it's like, I probably can, but it's like, you know what? I, I spent too much time rehabbing the shoulder. I know that like it impacts my acts of daily living, but mm-hmm. if you, get, if you get down to it, you're like, well, those three things are pretty safe. Like there's not a lot of moving parts to it. There's not a lot of coordination to it. So I'm like, you know what? It's something that I can try, but it's also something that I like that I could probably do it in my house if I have kids. Yes. Especially during COVID, this was the best sport to be in. Yeah. If you had a rack and a bar, you could train perfectly in sync for your sport. That's all you needed, guys. A barbell with some weights to go on it, a squat rack, and a floor that can handle some deadlifts. That's it. Yeah. (laughs) And the bench. And the bench. (laughs) Right. But, you know, so it's like, you're right. Because, like, for someone over 40, it's like, you know, I've been there, done that. I've jumped around. I've done all the things. I ain't, one, I ain't got time (laughs) to make, to do all that. But if I can like get like really focused in on these three things, I can probably not spend two hours at the gym getting ready for a show. And I something that like I can easily like share with my family, you know, like I could like throw my toddler in the corner while I'm doing this. A hundred percent. And Kim, I actually say like, I I wish all women tried powerlifting. Now I know that's like something that's like really slant on all women on the earth. But yeah, because everyone should experience what it's like to progress and get stronger. And what's cool about powerlifting is you can literally see the progress. You can look at the numbers you were hitting three months ago and compared to a number now and see progress. So many women who are trying to change their body 
and lifting too light to be blunt. Oh, God, like, yeah. They don't see the progress because they don't have a number to go after. They don't understand that they should be lifting heavier, maybe with the barbell or at least going heavier on the machines. And like, unless you're someone who's taking progress photos every other week, which most people aren't, like no. what, what progress you're going to see. So what keeps people enthralled is you have a legit goal that's not just look cute in the bikini. Right. right, A bigger goal than that. You can see the progress of the goal and I can show you literally the progress and compare two videos next to each other and you're like more motivated to keep going. Well, and you know, I want to, I want to go through on that because a lot of times when I'm, you know, working with women in the gym, I'm like, so many of you are crushing, trying to crush on whatever piece of cardio over there. And I'm like, I'm going to see more results by he- lifting heavier. And that's going to translate into just more active daily living. You know, it's like, yeah, I have a woman, um, she's a gardener and she was like, oh my God, Kim, she's like lifting mulch. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, that's a deadlift. (laughs) That is a deadlift. I'm like, you're lifting that. I don't even, I I don't know, mulch weighs 25, 30 pounds. I'm like, that's a deadlift. Like Mm -hmm. that's what you are trying. That's why we want to lift heavy weights for just like our lives. It's going to translate into your life 100%. That's why I love my masters. Like, so everyone, like, they're in their 40s and 50s. Most of my clients have kids. Like, they're yeah. regular people. People think powerlifters are, like, some crazy, like, oh, right. it's like, oh, you're like, I couldn't be one. Like, you know, that's for special people. I'm like, um, my clients who are crushing are in the 40s and 50s with three kids, like, just going to their basement or to their commercial gym most of the time right. and lifting heavy and recording it on a yeah. tripod <laughs> and I and I and, and I you know I, I like it because it's like you know as a result of lifting heavier I am shrinking yes that's the other thing that oh my gosh I don't think what did I do this I had a conversation with my Facebook group I have a woman's only Facebook group just for powerlifters like you'll have to be my client like if you're a woman you powerlift it's called strong woman it's free hop in I'm hanging out in there every day and so one thing like we do a high of the week every Friday say one positive thing doesn't have to be your training it can be life as well but like most people post about their training right. and the big thing is people like someone will always say like nearly every week like yo like one thing I noticed is like my body's changed so much but my goal was not just to have my body change it's right. just the results of me working my butt off and powerlifting like that's it like all of a sudden your goal is no longer to shrink but because you focus on getting your body stronger and feeling it for your sport, you have essentially, quote, shrunk. Right, right? Exactly. You've gained muscle, you've lost body fat, which is what people mean when they say, I want to, like, get lose toned. Weight. Right, right. You know, I want to lose weight. Toned, toned oh, yeah. is building muscle. And yes. you will build muscle powerlifting and have fun because you can literally watch the numbers go up. And right. then there's a weight class for everyone. We haven't even talked about that. There is no such thing as I'm too big or too small for powerlifting. There's a weight class that exists for every human being. Um, it starts at 48 kilos, which is less than 100 pounds. <laughs> Meaning if you weigh less than 100, anyone can still do it. Because if you're like 100 pounds or less, you're in that weight class, right? And it goes all the way up to, um, what's the number? 242 plus. Like literally meaning like if you're above 242 pounds as a woman, there's just a weight class for everyone above that number. That's so, a massive range. <laughs> so am I, it's, so as I kind of like get ready for a show. And so mm-hmm. do I think to myself, what weight class I want to be in? Oh, for polygamy. Oh yeah. yeah. But when you're first starting, my advice is simple for everyone. Compete at the weight class you're already at. So then if, you know, say I, you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm in it. I'm going for it. Mm-hmm. Do I, cause I remember, so I've d- done a couple competitions where, 
I had to bench press 60% of my body weight. And so, okay, cool. of course, I wanted to have the lowest body weight. <laughs> <laughs> so that I wasn't bench pressing 4 million pounds. Okay. So is that kind of like a similar philosophy in powerlifting? Or is it more about um, knowing who's showing up and knowing that like so-and-so is in a certain weight class? Like, how do I like, how do I get like, because, you know, if I'm coming to this and most women, their goal is like that scale. And so if I'm coming into this, you know, am I chasing that number on the scale or am I chasing more my weight numbers? Great question. You're chasing your weight numbers. And I can say that honestly for anyone from the beginner to the elite, because the goal is to get as strong as possible. Right. And then wherever you kind of fall weight wise is where I say you should compete. Now, as you get more experience, as you get higher level, you start competing for money. And I'm talking like this is now top 5%. Like most right. people won't get this far because there's not a lot of money in our sport. Actually, yeah. Like well, yeah, welcome. Money, honestly. I mean, um, you're, just like, you're lucky there is money. in. It fit- just got started. I'm so happy about it. In, fi- in fit- figure and fitness competitions, I remember this girl was like, she's like, Kim, she's like, you know, they always talk about like getting a pro card. What do you get? And I was like a bigger trophy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, much. you know, a bigger 20, my beer trophy is now $30. <laughs> like you like, there's no money in the sport. Cause I said, I'm like, if there was a Mercedes at the end of it, you got your sweet ass. I would still be competing. Oh my gosh. You'd be and people are motivated by money. I'm motivated by money. I like money. Like, right. <laughs> uh, but like, there's no, there's no prize. So like the fact that you're like, there's money. I'm like, okay, I'm perking up now. Um, yes. But yeah, so the stronger you get, right, you get to the more elites, we call it competitions. And that's where you get a chance to like win money or even when like beats a national record, which is truly a big deal because that means you're the strongest right. person like in the nation. And so even for the elites, wherever your weight is, if you're like five pounds ish, maybe maybe up to seven, that's kind of big above a weight class. At that point, you'll probably cut down to that lower weight class. OK, yes. so you're so basically, you know, let's say. Uh, if you said, as you said, like five weeks is kind of like you're in season. So if I'm within five weeks and I'm within like five to seven pounds of the next weight class, mm-hmm. you, you and I, as a coach, coachee would have a conversation like, Hey, do you want to cut to get down to the next weight class? Or we're just going to stay in the higher weight class. Yeah. We're having that conversation. If this is, if this meet will get you either a national record or get you into an even higher level meet to compete gotcha. for money. Like if there's a reason, you know, gotcha. if it's just like, Oh, gotcha. this meet, like you'll get first, but first, first just gives you a medal. That's the extent of it. Right. Let's just compete where we are. Cause you can probably still get a medal for, for second or third in this weight class and not have to cut. Cutting is kind of tough, but what I right. will say I don't know how experienced or how much you know about like water cut stuff like that. Yeah. Typically you'll just water cut about right. five pounds. Yeah. And then if you have a good rehydration process, which you right. should, is what you hire a coach for, then you'll be fine to go. You're not like legit trying to lose five, seven pounds of fat. Yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. You know, five weeks, you lose like five pounds of water, maybe like one pound of fat, like literally cut down a little bit, but like, it's just, right. you're not really like dieting down hard, hard, hard. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 No. And I, and I, and I like that because it's like, you know, one of the ways I work and I know you work this way is it's collaboration, right? Like you're not like, okay, do this. And your person's like runs away. It's like, okay, like what's going on? You know, cause I've, I've, you know, we've been on a bunch of coaching calls together and I know you're like, what's going on in your life. 
-hmm. so that you, as you're programming and you know that like, maybe they're going on vacation. You're like, so you're not going to be spending four days at the gym. So what, what is it, what's it going to look like for you this week so that we can make sure that we're like in alignment with each other? A hundred percent. Just like any coaching relationship, you should take your client's life into account. So like the person who I have cut will be the person who can dedicate time to it. This is extremely important to them because you can compete just for fun. Because again, right. like there's local meets in every single state. You can go down the street, compete for fun, call it a day, get high five your, your kids. Your right, friends, and it's just a goal. Right. Yep. And then there's a person who's like, no, I want to get into like nationals where like the best get to compete. And only like 5% of the people in the Federation even get to go. Okay, right. cool. If we can dedicate the time like that kind of energy into it, then yeah, let's do a water cup. But that water cup, first of all, it's going to be seven days long. So it's seven right. days. Like, this is not great. It's not the worst yeah. thing ever. You're not dying. Right. There's but no it's extreme not... water cups happening over here because we have yeah. a two hour weigh in. Yeah, exactly. You, you weigh in and then two hours later you compete. So we're not like, yeah. it's not like wrestling where you're dragging your body in, you're half dead. Like we're just cutting yeah. a little yeah. bit of water. You're not, you're, <laughs> not show, you're not weighing in on a Friday and competing on a Saturday. Exactly. You're like, you're showing up Saturday morning, everyone's stepping on the scale. And then mm-hmm. we're, as soon as that's done, we're going. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, you're, you're just a little tired and a little groggy. You know, no one's trying to get you killed over here. You're not going to go right. to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So for, you know, as a, for a typical person, what does, how much time would I say spend on average at the gym like you know what does like and I know it depends on the person but like on average like what is an average person like am I there five six days a week am I there Mm -hmm. two hours like how long am I working out cool and like you said depends on the person but at the same time we can still give some ideas right I would say you can dedicate if you can dedicate three days a week to training for up to two hours then you're in a great spot to start powerlifting that's six hours grand total a week and then there are people who have more time. So right. then all of a sudden we can spread it out and make it four times a week and like literally have shorter sessions. Right, right, right. So, you know, so if I, you know, if I said to you like, hey, so I have about like five days a week. So then you're like, okay, you're, you know, I'm going to be there maybe an hour, maybe a little over an hour uh, in, the, in the gym. But if I'm like, hey, I only got three days, it's like, you know, I, I can only work out on weekends because of my job or my kids or whatever, then you're saying, okay then this, it's going to get a little bit more intense for you based on how much time you have to deliver. Yeah, we got to put more work into those sessions and they're going to take longer, but we can still get it done. You just have to be able to, when you can go to the gym, can you spend that two hours at the gym? Right. And that will be longer. And I wish I could say like, you know, it only takes half an hour, three times a week. But no, we do have to warm up to our heavier numbers. Right. Uh, we have to, if you're doing twice a week, like we got to do squat, bench, and deadlift for both those sessions, the whole, like squat, and bench, and deadlift. Yeah, exactly. You know, so like, that's where it will take a bit more time. But I will still say most people probably have time for powerlifting. They just assume that powerlifting are in the gym for three or four hours. So that's a stigma yeah. we have. Right. No, and like I, the people in there for that long, they're just BSing. Like no one needs to be there for four hours. Oh my God. I um I remember well for figure figure fitness competitions, it's now getting better, but it was like at minimum, you were there 90 minutes minimum, two hours max. And I'm like, it now I look back, I'm like, God, how much why do I have all the time? And so, you know, for you know, my my people listening, you know, like if you are that person, you have five days, it's like, that's five hours. Like that's an hour, like an hour to do this. And I'm like, many of us can find that hour. Yes. If, if, we, if we choose to go this, um, choose to go this route. And so 
as I'm getting, so I'm getting stronger, I'm doing this. So you, so if I decide to like, like, all right, this sounds really good, Solana. If I decide to do this, about how much lead time do I need up to a show? Ooh, or, great question. How long depend- or prep do we need? Yeah, right? or does it depend on, you know, if I depend on what my fitness level is? So it does depend on your love, your fitness level. Like if you're coming to me for coaching, I'm assuming you've already done a barbell back squat bench and deadlift. You may, it may not look great, right? right? But like, you're not like, Hey, I've never exercised before. And now we're going to do it me. Cause like, okay, <laughs> now we're going to take a long time. <laughs> but honestly, most of the people who come to me, they do come to me saying, I've never done a meet before, but I like squatting, benching and deadlifting. Right. I did some random program online that I found and I liked it. And that person probably we can get them ready for the first meet in four months for the first meet ever. That's because I got to get that technique down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because literally you have to be at competition standard. And then once we get to that point, let's take 10 to 12 weeks to do our first official meet prep. Yeah. So now, as you, you, you said about technique, so I'm assuming there's judges. And so when I'm at the bench press, what am I judged on? You know, like what is the technique that I'm able, cause I, you know, it's funny cause I see people. Um, so when I was prepping for the bench press, I worked with a power lifter and they, you know, you can get away with some shit. And so yes. we're like, you know, as me as a personal trainer, I'm like, this is how I was, I, I was taught to bench press and I'm doing it like the regular, he's like, Oh girl. He's like, you're not going to be able to lift as much weight unless you do this, this, and this. So yep. are there, are there um, rules that you have to get away with, like, you know, squat depth and things like mm-hmm. that? Let's go into it. So let's start with the squat. So for a paralyzing squat, you have to squat with your hips below the level of your knee at the bottom of the squat. So hips, essentially, that means below parallel, right? Right. Your hips have to get lower than the knee crease for it to count. That's really all that truly matters. There's a couple other things, you know, like small things like you're waiting for a command. They tell you when to start it. They tell you when to rack it. But for the most part, you can squat below parallel. Boom. You've hit the technique for powerlifting. Bench press. (laughs) That's the one where we get hate for because we're the people who y'all see arching in the gym. And by the way, the stigma of arching will hurt your back. Guys, only if you do something wrong will you hurt yourself. No, your back naturally has a lordotic curve. We're just pushing a little bit more into it. You're not going to hurt yourself. You can have more stable shoulders if you actually arch in the bench press. So for the bench press, the bar has to touch your chest, stop moving so that you can hear press and you can press it back up and then you rack it. That's why you see us with the big arch because one, it helps us use more leg drive as well. You can push into your legs more while you have that arch. So like the bench press for a powerlifter is a full body movement. You're using your legs, your arms, and your back (laughs) to help you get the weight up. Well, you can arch. There's no limit to how high you can arch, right? So again, this is the people who get the hate on Instagram when they have like a huge arch. I don't have that kind of arch. you, You have to have the body. To be able to get that nice. And the flexibility. Like that's literally like, I will never have a massive arch. I just won't. Never, right. unless I break my back in half. Like I asked a doctor to break my spine for me. Like it's just not gonna happen. But yes, you can arch as high essentially as you want. There's no limit. And then if you have a really high arch, you might have a low range of motion. If you got long arms and legs like me and not a big arch, you might have a whole, you know, 12 inches you're going down to your right. chest. Right, exactly. Okay. You're like, I want the crocodile arms at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And then the deadlift, deadlift's the most simple one. All you gotta do, you lift it up. You have to lock out the shoulders, meaning they're pulled back a little bit. Hips have to be locked out, meaning they can't, like, you can't, like, have your hips bent backwards, like, you're right, right. fully stand up. 
and that's it. And then once you stood up, they say bring it down. You bring it back down to the floor without dropping it, and boom, you have a competition ready deadlift. Perfect. Yeah, and I think that you know the squat and the uh, deadlifts are pretty straightforward. I think for a lot of people, because I know that's one of the things that the power from the powerlifter taught me was that you know if you squeeze your glutes and your legs your back has nothing to do with it. Your back is just helping you get access to your lats. So the more I have access to my lats, the heavier I can lift. I love it. Yeah, pretty much. Like you get in that position and see your your back may be arched, but then besides that is leg drive. Yes, you're squeezing your glutes. Yes, you're squeezing your fingers into that bar to get more forearm activation. And you're just staying in that nice position and you're just boom, hitting the bench. It's literally full body. Yeah. And so when, as soon as he said that, and then I was like, as I was like, kind of, again, I have to go through the breakdown to build myself up to that bench press. It was like, okay. So it's like, you know, as, as people were starting, as I was programming it, I've said to people, I'm like, we're going to do, um, hip thrust. And I'm like, what is a hip thrust? I'm like, it is the bottom of a chest press. I was like, as hard as you squeeze your glutes in a, 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 as in a hip thrust, that's what you're going to do in your bench press. Cause like so many people are like, Oh, I'm going to hurt my back. And I was like, think hip thrust. And they were like, Oh, I'm like, mm-hmm. and then you're just moving your arms. Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're like, Oh, and I'm like, as soon as like, you know, shout out to Angelo, you're probably not listening, but like he was the person who just kind of like had to like, have me like, take the things and break it down. He's like, your chest is only about so strong. He's like, you're a lot strong, super strong. And he's like, let them help you. Mm-hmm. And it just made it so much easier to do the power lifting way. than like, I'm going to come all the way down to the bench and come all the way back. Yeah. But just my arms and no leg drive. Like that's fine. That's fine. Just for the sport to get the most out of your bench press. You don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you don't want to do it that way. So, and, and I, um, so, yeah, so for many of us, like those three moves are moves we've done forever. If you've been, you know, like you said, if, if I've been at the gym, I've done any of those three. 100%. That's my politics for everybody. And I probably did it today. So, <laughs> so I want to talk about the mindset piece. So, you know, I come to powerlifting and I say, all right, Solana, let's get this done. And you're, as you're, you know, provided me with my nutrition you you know what is the kind of the main focus for you when you're starting someone in their nutritional journey towards powerlifting so nutrition wise it's what can we add more of to your diet i always thought with adding more because typically was what the issue is they're trying to eat less Mm. and less and less and i'm like hey Let's add in more vegetables. Let's mm-hmm. add in more protein. Okay, I will say when you're lifting to get as strong as possible, you will need more protein than the person who's just not necessarily competing, right? Correct. So we're going to push out that protein probably a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what vegetables are missing. We're going to make sure that we're eating carbs and protein before you train so you can have a nice feeling session. Yeah. And then after that, like I, I pretty much start people off at maintenance, which for most women, because again, I like most of my clients like are women. Here. <laughs> yes. Like literally starting at maintenance means we're increasing their calories because they're so used to under eating. God, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, we really start out with increasing. And then the only time I ever have them really go down is if you're like, okay, we're in a good spot. We've been nailing our protein, hitting, eating vegetables every day. Like we understand how to feel ourselves for a nice session where we're going to feel good. And we're going to feel like we have, we're not running out of energy by the end of it. Okay. At that point, if you literally do also have a weight loss goal, we can then go into a caloric deficit. 
Right. And you can still get stronger because right. you're still feeling yourself really well before you train. So you have strong training sessions. Right. And the deficit is one that is like maybe 10% less calories and maintenance. We're not going to drop 50% of our calories off. Right. right. It's just a little small decrease and keep that for a long period of time. And then on top of that, add in some extra steps, like literally extra walking. And right, boom, right, right. You're in your deficit. Yeah. So basically what you're, what you start with, and I absolutely love the ad approach is that, you know, you're focusing on, all right, let's look at our protein. Let's look at our vegetables, right? Cause no one ever got fat saying I ate too much chicken and no one got mm-hmm. fat saying I ate too much asparagus. So mm-hmm. we start there and then we kind of start filling in the holes with the rest of your nutrition. But I also yes. like that as I go into a session, cause I think many of us go into a session underfed. Um, and then I'm on, if I'm, if I'm trying to, you know, get to my max, if I'm underfed, it's going to be virtually impossible for me to even think about going heavier, especially, you know, I don't know how many reps you program, but if I'm at like maybe the fourth of fourth rep, a fourth set, I'm probably tired. If If I haven't fueled properly prior to that session. And that used to be me. I under ate for years, years. And when I finally got my first nutrition coach a few years ago and they taught me how to eat for a session, I was like, I'll never under eat before I train again. Cause I didn't realize how bad I felt training. I didn't yeah. know. Like, that's crazy. You do for so long. You don't even know. You're like, man, you're not supposed to be exhausted. And you're only halfway through your session. You're 25 minutes in and you just feel like you want to drop down on the floor. Like, no, that's uh, right. Yeah. I mean, you didn't eat. <laughs> and, you know, and I want to say that goes for any, anybody like, you know, there's like, Plenty of times that, you know, I have people and I'm like, well, how do you feel when you work out? And one, they're like, what do you mean? Because they've just always felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know that, like, they felt tired because it's just how they've always felt training. Exactly. And then another thing too, Kim, you have people who come to you saying like, oh, if I don't leave the gym feeling exhausted, I didn't really work out. Have you, have you ever had someone say that to you? Um, or, or sore. Or sore. Exhausted <laughs> yes. or sore. And I'm just like, so why is that a sign? Like, why is that a sign? I'm like, I could just go and push my car for like three blocks. I'm going to be sore. I'm like, bro, I could go outside and stop hopping on a trampoline for an hour. And I'll definitely be sore. I just hopped in one thing for an hour straight. What's crazy about powerlifting, I think people think that all those people, like they must be like dying. Like you lift so heavy. Like, oh my gosh, like that takes a superhero. Cause if I did that, I'd be broken. I'd be so tired. Um, for me, I can honestly say it's very rare that I leave a session feeling exhausted. Yeah. And my clients, for the most part, unless they're first starting, it's the very first week and they haven't done these movements in this way. So it's technique that's making them tired. Right. Um, they don't they don't feel like crap. Like we feel really good throughout the day. It brings this energy because the way that you program, if you structure your program in a way that you can progress and still hit progressive overloads, so like make your body tired and literally right. like push yourself past your limits slightly, but then you recover well you'll feel really good all right. day. Right. So you, you did like a couple of things that I want to pull out. So the first part was, you know, you're like, even if you're just like, you're lifting as heavy as you possibly can, like that is your ultimate goal when you go to the gym. But you're also knowing the day, like because you're so in tune with your body now, you are, you know, the days that today's not the day. Today's not a day, you know, um, I, I talked to my clients in red, red, yellow and green. You know that like, maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep. Maybe you got a lot of stuff on your mind. Maybe it's just life stuff going on that you're like, you know what? Today's not a day that I should even 
and it's in your program today's a day to just attempt a heavy and you're like you know what today's not the day and you just don't do it you back off and you can do that that's why especially for my coaching but this is very popular now in college and coaching um we use something called rpe which is right. where perceived exertion, right? So we may even, if you're like, hey, like that's too tough. Like you want me to figure out the number based on my body. I get it, right? That's really hard right. for me for a start. So I'm going to give you a weight range, right? a weight range, and you can hit the lowest end of that range if you're not feeling it. Because I'm not going to give you a number you can't hit. I'm not going to make it so, oh, no matter what, this range is so small. Like I have to basically max out today. Like right. literally you can choose a number that is going to be something you can hit on that day. And on top of that, for all my clients, like every single day, they have to write down how much sleep they got, how was your nutrition yeah. the day before, how are you feeling, how was stress outside the gym. I see that every day. So if I can see the training starting to look a little funky, I can go to, okay, what's going on outside the gym? Right, exactly. 100%. And I also want to quickly say, guys, I only have, and most pilots too, my clients only max out at their meets and they compete on average two to three times a year. So we're not maxing out every week or every month. We literally max out two to three times a year, period. Yeah. Oh, and, I, and, and I like that because it's, kind of, it's it's the same approach as if you were um, running, right? So it's like when I run a marathon, I don't run 26 miles. I, I run 21 and knowing that the momentum will get me through the last five and a half miles. Mm-hmm. Um. I will never run a marathon. So that's what I'm told. No. <laughs> I did run a half and like the furthest I ran was um, 10 and, you know, momentum did not get me through the rest. It just made me pissed off and, <sighs> and made me realize that I will never run ever again. Um, but for you, for those of you guys who like running, rock on with your bad selves. Um, but yeah, I, and, I, and I like that approach because it's like, you know, making these numbers up. So I don't know. So it's like, okay. all right, today on your bench press, you're going to go. Do you, Now, do you have them do a one rep max and then you program based on their one rep max back down? Or how do you get your range? Oh, great. Yeah. So, yes, I know the one rep max. So if you first start with me, we do eventually either we'll max out early on. Or if your technique's not there, I kind of guesstimate your one rep max based off of like, we'll do some heavy triples and doubles, see where that is. And then I can estimate from there. But yeah, I'm basing it off of your one rep max. So let's just, and then after you hit your heaviest set, we do back down work that's lighter. Yeah. So I, I think you're asking. So let's just make this number up. So say my bench press, my max is a hundred. Mm-hmm. So you're, so you're like, okay, so we're never going to hit a hundred unless we're at the meet. So you're going to, so you say, you're like, all right, so today you're going to do anywhere from like 50 to 80. And so I decide how my day feels. And if, if it's a 50 day, I'm going to do 50. And if it's an 80 day, I'm going to do 80. And then, and in your training, or I might do 60, might do 70, whatever it is, 75. Mm -hmm. But in, as I'm logging my um, work, you'll see, okay, if if I'm consistently hitting on the lower end of what you've programmed, you'll be like, Kim, what's going on? exactly right so i'll say hey what's going on but also if you're filling in everything i can see where your stress is where nutrition is etc so right. maybe i can figure out on my own what's going on right but yes if you're always in the lower end i'm also looking at videos every single week of you um doing, doing whatever. your movements right so i can see like okay are you just literally too scared to go heavier so like it yeah. looks really easy but in your mind you're like oh that was mentally tough for me to even get underneath the bar to press it so i'm gonna say it was super hard and you're like this was actually easy we gotta push you out of it right? right but yes essentially and also i will program the rest of your the rest of your day based off whatever number you hit so if you're like hey today i hit 50 pounds 
and you were thinking it would be 60, whatever, but she had 50. I'm like, cool. Now we're going to do some lighter work to kind of just build muscle and build momentum. And it's going to be like 15% less than you hit for the heaviest set. So right. it's basically like the, the, lo- the lighter work we do after is based off of what you hit in the gym. It's not like, oh, you're supposed to hit 80. So even though you hit 60, like now the rest of your work is going to be super heavy because right, you to make up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. And, and I like that. And so, you know, as people come in from like the mindset, the, the shift for you, as you're kind of getting them out of this, like scale weight, getting them out of the, like, not too much food. Like what are some of the mindset shifts that you're, you know, helping your clients overcome? Okay. I love this question. So one big mindset shift is like, you just said, like, I need to still eat less. So one thing we'll do when you first start with me again, like weight class, there's a weight class for everyone. Right. right. So I'm like, Hey, we'll take your weight, like way less often than you're used to doing, especially because people like come to me saying I take it every day. I'm like, yeah. you might take it like once every two weeks. Right. Cause I do want to know where your weight is. Cause we are in a weight right. class sport. I need to have an idea of where you're going to be, but we're going to take it way less. And I'm just going to make sure that we're fueled for every session. I want to see how you felt before the session started, how you felt after the session started and how your energy is throughout the day. So in our right. weekly checking, you're telling me how your energy has been throughout the day as well. So like we can shift from, Oh, how much should I eat? And am I losing weight or whatever to how do I feel? Right. If I feel really good, and my training is going well. And I can show you if you're progressing in training by literally showing you the number. Like, right, right. so I can, you can see your progress. You're going to start to feel better and you're getting stronger. As a byproduct, you're probably gaining muscle, right? And if you're really new to this, you might be gaining muscle and losing fat at the same time. If you're really new to it, because right. that's what happens when you're a newbie. Right, right. So we're shifting away from the weight and we're looking at how you're actually progressing. And we don't really care too much about weight until we pick the meat and you're kind of like maybe two months out. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now we got to just look at your weight. But I want you to see it as this is data. Now, this is hard to shift. It yeah. takes some of my clients a while to get to that point. This weight is data. We might take a little more often, maybe once a week, so I can just see where your weight is. But besides that, our main focus is how are we feeling fueled and are we getting stronger? Because I promise you, between those two things, your body's going to change in the way you want it to. Yeah. And, you know, I love the feeling fueled because I think, like we talked about, so many of people think and I you know I'm sure it's out there like if I don't leave this this workout feeling like I just got hit by a truck did I work out and not knowing that part of it is did I go in with something in the tank because if I go in on an on an empty tank then there's only but so much I can expect out of my body Mm -hmm. And I don't think um, many of us understand that. You know, I don't think many of us understand this kind of like um, food workout continuum. Yes. Like without the right right fuel, you're going to have a bad training session and you're not progressing, right? Right. That's what, again, what's cool about the sport. Like you want your numbers to go up. So we have to eat for, and if you really start to focus more on numbers, but not scale numbers, I'm talking about the weight in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when you see those go up, you'll care more about that than your weight. It will happen. It won't be the first week. I'm a realistic coach. It might take six months for that to really be like, yo, I care so much about the number that's going on the bar that I care less about my weight. Because realistically, when you gain muscle too, like sometimes Kim, the scale goes up. <gasps> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. 
So we can't have that be the hyper focus because it might freak you out. And another thing that's cool too, one of my clients, and she, oh, I love her so much because she's very open on Instagram about like her journey. Uh, she's been losing um, a good amount of weight, but also getting so much stronger. She's 55 years old. And um, she literally told me after her first meet, she was like, Solana, I walked into this room. I was so scared. I was going to be like the biggest one here. People were going to look at me funny. She was like, I was surrounded by all these women. And all we did was talk about our lifts. Like no one mentioned a word about their body. No, no one. Like you go into this atmosphere and everyone just cares about how strong you are. And what's cool about powerlifting. Oh my God, I'm excited. It's probably the sport that is the most supportive. I mean, yeah. the, the community you get from powerlifting is insane because when you go into a meet, everyone's going to cheer for you. Everyone. You will never see a meet where we all get quiet and someone's about to pull for their first even deadlift and we're just like bored and looking at our phone. Like we are cheering. We are yelling for you. We don't need to know who you are. Like everyone's right. so supportive and there's literally a weight class for everybody. Like we see small people in between. We see jack people. We see people who are uh, like a little bit heavier and no one cares. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> No, I, and I like that. It's, um, I, I, the competition I did where I did the, um, chest press thing. It was very interesting. Cause it's like, I, from the competition world, I joined a group because I didn't want to be the only person in the dressing room and like scared and like nervous. This was the first thing you do where you're like, I have no idea what to expect. And so I did it as a group and it was just nice just to have other people who were like, girl, all right, just do this. Like, and then, you know, when I did the, the bench press competition, as soon as you finish, like you go, you like, just kind of like get your act together and you come back in and everyone's like, all right, you got this. You don't even know me. Like I'm just some rando and you're mm-hmm. just like, all right. Like, especially if you like, you know, your first attempt, you know, and like didn't go as you wanted because you probably got in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, they're like, you got another shot. Like, let's do it. Like, and you're just like, you don't even know me. And you're like cheering for me. That I think is just like the most fabulous thing that any sport can like, um, muster like that like community of people and just like I think having that community makes you want to do it again and again and again like yo you'll you'll all of a sudden fall in love with the sport man I'm telling you that's that's what gets people trapped and stay in the powerlifting yeah because like if I think about like competing like most of my friends are people I met doing fitness competitions because mm-hmm. it's like one no one really understands like you know you're like yeah, I maxed out on my deadlift today. Like, no understand. Yes, your like, average friends and family don't get it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get that. They don't get like, you know, you're like, you know, working on something. And like, when you finally get it, you're like, yeah. And they're like, all right, was that cool? Yes, it was very cool. You're like, okay, you don't have to explain how cool this is because right. your friends, you probably will just get it. And that's why too, like, especially in a time right now, a lot of people have home gyms still because of what happened in 2020, blah, blah, blah. But like the online community probably has grown a lot more because of that. So like, you can literally, if you don't have any friends around you probably and you're in a town that's in a state where like the gyms are 20 miles away, I don't know, you're in Alabama, like there's probably right. Alabama, but like steps farther, like literally you can join an online powerlifting group and just talk about how well you did that day. And everyone's going to support you. Right. Everyone, everyone gets it. There. Everyone gets yep. it. And it's not weird. And you're not the strange girl. You're the, like, yeah, I got you. I know exactly what that's all about. Oh my gosh. I love it. So, so uh, you have a couple, you have a power, you have a po- podcast, but it's mostly about powerlifting. Yes. Yes. The power and lifting podcast is all about really getting more people into sport by educating them on things that 
uh, the elite product, everything is simple, but the new product needs to know. It's all the stuff that I wish I knew. <laughs> so right. I'm teaching on it, but also I have female products come on who have a lot of success and we get to hear their story. And it's just a way to uplift more women in powerlifting because our side, the sport, the woman's side has been a little bit undershadowed. There's a lot of mm-hmm. podcasts that has more men on it. And there are women who I want to hear from who I was like, if I don't do this myself, I'll never hear from them. So you get to hear cool people's stories about powerlifting and you'll realize that you can probably relate to most of them. And also I'm teaching on small things that are like either short episodes, like teaching on something that's essentially simple, but you need to know it to be in the sport. Gotcha. Gotcha. I absolutely love that. Um, And then where can people find you on the socials? Yes. On Instagram, I'm Solana underscore lifts, like you're lifting weight lifts. <laughs> uh, so that's my Instagram and my TikTok. And then my website is Solana Lewis training. If you want to apply for coaching. And then I ask everyone one last question before we finish up. What's one thing that makes you feel magical? Oof. One thing that makes me feel magical is accompanying my online client to a meet and watching them hit a PR. Like it's it's way above the feeling I get PRing myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I help someone who probably thought they'd never make it to the platform because most people come to me like, I love the, the idea of competing is cool, but they're so intimidated because like, what's step one? Yeah, And exactly. to go from there all the way to they got to the platform, competed, and they hit numbers they never dreamed they would because people start to dream, people dream too small, man. Yeah. They dream too small. It's, it's like riveting. Like they're excited. I'm excited. Everyone's cheering. I'm screaming. They're crying. And I start crying. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I'm way more emotional about my client competing than I am by competing myself. <laughs> so now, um, do you go to every meet with your client or just particular meets? I wish I could. If you live near me, because I have people from all over the country and some yeah, people yeah. in different countries. So if you live near me, like within two hours, I will drive to your meets. And then when it comes to bigger national level meets, which is cool, I have a lot of master's clients for mm-hmm. getting to national level meets. I go to all the national level meets, right? Because gotcha. they're bigger. We travel out to it. Um, if you don't live near me or you're not doing a national meet, I prepare a friend of yours or whoever's from your gym, whoever to set you up to have a good day and I give them the game plan and I'm with them online, gotcha. but I'm not accompanying them physically all the time. I wish I could though. <laughs> gotcha. 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 Yeah. I makes- live in Northern New Jersey, by the way, y'all, if you want to know where I live. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know, I know for me, for doing fitness competitions, you know, there's competitions all over the planet and it's just as a lone person, it's tough to be everywhere. Yes. But what's cool is even if it's your first meet, if you have a friend who like will just support you, don't even know about the sport. I've helped people like accompany their friend to yeah. meet and have a great day. It's not rocket science. You just have to help them warm up and get like show up to the platform. It's not that hard. So anyone can do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, I, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat with us. And so anyone like reach out to her if you know she's normal (laughs) she's absolutely normal reach out to her if you're even like just kind of like ah I don't know if this is for me she can totally let you know from the conversation we've had here today she's gonna say yes (laughs) it's for you (laughs) probably (laughs) it's for you and you know like I said you never know till you know so you can always just like give it a shot and if you're like yeah not for me at least you tried it Mm -hmm. and you can move on to something else and if anything you got a little more strength out of it (laughs) And you got some gym PRs, so like yeah. you can't lose. 
yeah, so it's a win-win uh, around the way. So thank you again so much and enjoy the rest of your day. Girl, you too. Thank you for listening to the Fit Girl Magic Podcast. If you've made it this far, yay. I'm thinking you enjoyed the show. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at Kim Jefferson Coach. In order for me to keep sharing this message, do me a favor and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. New episodes are available every Wednesday. The Fit Girl Magic Podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions about your health. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Thank you so much.